Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word for the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, November the 11th, 2023, and I hope you guys are having a great day. We are into uh, the short book of James in the Bible today, New Testament, and today we'll be looking at chapter two. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, mom and dad. Welcome, everybody. We, um, yeah, we're going to walk our way through this short letter written by the brother of Jesus, um, chapter a day. So tomorrow uh, I will put uh, on the uh, audio podcast, I won't be live on video tomorrow on YouTube, uh, but we'll do chapter three on the podcast, and then Monday we'll be in chapter four. So two today, three on Friday, and then chapter four on Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, Saturday is uh, Veterans Day. So um, I don't know if you guys uh, have any things going on around you. We I'm actually doing the uh, invocation uh, for a Veterans Day service at Old in Oldsmar this week this year. I was there back in May for their Memorial Day um, service, and they're having a, a Veterans Day service at the park, Veterans Park. Veterans Veterans Day service, Veterans Day, Veterans Memorial Park. So there you go. But anyway, yeah. Um. And then, um, then, then moving on towards Thanksgiving, not too many weeks from now. Was that two weeks from today? Isn't that crazy? Thanksgiving, two weeks from today. Wow. All right, you guys, let's uh, jump into the matter at hand, which is to read the Word of God. So glad you guys are on. Thanks for taking time to, uh, to be here. Um, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's do it. James chapter 2. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Turn that down a little bit. There we go. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Whoa. Okay. There you go. Can't show partiality. Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. <laughs> that is harder to do than we can than we sometimes say, right? Because um, human, like in our humanness, we tend to gravitate toward, and it's just a human deal. <laughs> we tend to gravitate towards people like us. 
um, you know, whether it's uh, gender, race, uh, age, um, people that we think are like us or people we tend to gravitate towards. Why? Because it's more comfortable, right? Um, when I was studying church growth back years ago um, when I was doing doctoral work, um, they, they were, I did a lot of research into a principle for church growth, which was observed not in the United States or in North America, but actually was observed in the mission fields in India. Um, and it was, uh, it became known as the homogeneous unit principle, homogeneous, same type, same types of people. And the idea was that the gospel tends to spread quicker along um, when you don't have to cross cultural ethnic barriers to share it, which makes sense, right? So, you know, if a missionary shares the same culture, same shares the same language, uh, shares the same culture as the, as the people he's trying to reach, it tends to work a lot better because there's not as many barriers to overcome. Um, and, you know, that's why, you know, that's why the gospel spreads, tend, tends to spread in, in, uh, among groups like that. Um, but just because, and some people have critiqued that because, you know, just because that's the way it works, is that the way it necessarily should be? Well, that's a different question, right? That's <laughs> a different question. Um, but, um, and I think there's a different question for non-believers and believers, right? Um, if you're trying to reach a group of people, they're unbelievers. They don't have the same values that we would have as a follower of Jesus. So they're going to do what seems normal or natural or less awkward. Um, now, once you disciple them, you have to teach them James chapter 2, verse 1. That, the, that God shows no favoritism. Um, and just because we gravitate towards certain groups of people doesn't necessarily mean that we, are, we, we show favoritism to them. But we, we tend to, we tend to, but it um, doesn't necessarily mean we, we do. But I do, I do think it means we have to really work not to sh show favoritism to people who are like us, you know. Um, you know, that, um, you know, the whole idea that, you know, people, uh, people who are in leadership tend to select people for their teams that look like them. And, uh, sometimes that can create unfair, um, advantages for other people who don't look like the person in charge. So trying not to work, try not to show favoritism. Verse two, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. And a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. Hmm, He's going to give us a real life example here. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or you sit on the floor at my feet. 
you have not discriminated among yourselves, or have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Hmm. We what, what has happened right there? You've judged based on the external. You've you've based you've judged based on outward appearances. That person, that dude wearing that dude wearing gold and fine clothes, he might be broke like a joke. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that dude wearing the gold clothes, the gold ring and the fine clothes, he could be broke like a joke. He, he everything he got, everything he got, he, he he got from somebody else. And that may be all he got left. The old dude just wearing just came in raggedy blue jeans. He might be, he might be, he might own Walmart. You don't know. Um, but regardless of where, regardless of what they truly are, um, we shouldn't treat them different by the way they look, right? And we, and we all have an immediate impulse, right? And we have to check it. We have to, we have to pray, right? We have to lean on God. Like, Lord, help, help me treat, do not, Lord, help me to take my biases away. Whatever uh, preconceived ideas I have about this person, God, I, I I put those in constraint and help me to see to see the person in front of me. Yeah, help help me to see the human being in front of me. Yeah. Verse five. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world? Ooh. Facts. That's facts. Yeah. God chose the weak things, the lowly things, the things that were despised, the things that were not to confound the things that are. So he's like, when you despise or you show or you prejudice or, or judge someone of lower means, realize that God, that's often the people that God chooses. Hmm. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him. Hmm. But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? Like, isn't this sort of ironic that you're you're honoring you you treat those of high means and high stature actually with this just you assume the best of them, you you give them, you know, the places of honor. And isn't that the same exactly the, the same group of people that are actually what exploiting you and dragging you into court? Hmm. So he's here. He's just appealing to like the the uh, the contradiction there, right? <laughs> you're working the, the poor. They're not doing. They're not hurting you. They're actually. I mean, they're they're in the same boat you're in, and yet you're treating them with disdain. Hmm. It is. Um, it is interesting how. Um, that it seems to be the case, right? Like the 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 powers that be try to get us as um, in this country, especially um, 
tries to keep us as Americans to fighting each other, like you know, fighting rich and fighting fighting rich and poor, north and south, black and white, <clears throat> while they make out with the money bags. <laughs> y'all y'all fight each other. We're gonna we're gonna take it. We're gonna make out with the. We're gonna get away with the money. It's like to keep to sustain their power, and so it, it's it really hasn't changed that much. And so we we treat these people with power and authority with such um, you know respect, and we should honor our authorities. But we you know with we we treat the powerful with such you know like oh and respect, but it's and treat the lowly as you know maybe look down on them, but. The ones that are downtrodden are there in the same boat we are. Hmm. It is interesting how that works, right? Um, and that's the uh, that's just the deceitfulness of the world to try to get people to hate each other and divide people. Are not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? So aren't, isn't it the rich people that are uh, defaming the name of Jesus? Like we give a, we give the, an, a, uh, we assume the best in a certain group of people, but isn't that the very group that is defaming the name of Jesus? And uh, here the argument isn't to show favoritism or to be biased towards either, but James is just pointing out the, the contradiction and the sort of irony of that. That you're more likely to look down on someone who of lowly means, which in all reality probably relate more to you than the rich person that you are so likely to assume the best about. And the lowly person is much more likely to exalt the name of Jesus than this person over here with the, you know, that has the gold ring and the fine clothes. <clears throat> Just should we should we be uh should we show favoritism towards either? No. But James is just pointing out the the, the irony that of that. <clears throat> Verse eight. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you do that, you're doing right. It's good to be remembered of that, reminded of that, right? Like, when in doubt, love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> right? You, you don't even have to pray about it. When in doubt, love your neighbor as yourself. And when you do that, James says, you're going, you'll be doing right. You, you, can't, you can't hardly mess that up. If you love your neighbor as you as yourself, you're doing you're doing the right thing. Um, verse nine. But if you show favoritism, oh, I read that already. Verse ten. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you become a lawbreaker. So the same God who said that also said love your neighbor as yourself. 
Verse 12, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. James saying, you better find yourself, you better find yourself a way to be merciful. <laughs> you better you better find yourself a way to be merciful because uh judgment with, without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Hmm. You know, there's some rascals out there, they've been shown a lot of mercy in their lives, but they're some of the most judgmental people you've ever seen. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, there's some rascals out there, man. They've been shown mercy upon mercy, but they're so judgmental of others. It makes you wonder if they really appreciate the mercy that's been shown to them. Yeah. So true. They've been, they've been, man, God done forgiven them, people forgiven them. Sometimes even the system has forgiven them. And they the most judgmental people you ever want to see, some rascal. Like, what, how you how you can't find yourself some mercy when all the mercy that's been shown to you? It seemed like to me you should be erring on the side of mercy. In fact, child of God, that's what we all are. We all have been forgiven much. And so if we're going to err, we should not err on the side of judgment. We should err on the side of, come on, mercy. Mercy. We should be erring on the side of mercy. Why? Because we've been forgiven so much. Incredible mercy has been shown to us. Jesus told a parable about that, you know? He told a parable about someone who had been forgiven a lot of debts but couldn't forgive someone who owed them some money. And he used that to talk about spiritual riches, right? And forgiveness. When you've been forgiven a ton, man, you ought to know how you ought to know the currency of forgiveness. You ought to learn how to how to uh, operate with the currency of forgiveness when you've been given a bunch of forgiveness. And Christians, brothers and sisters, man, we ought to be the most gracious, kind, forgiving people in the on the planet. Because we understand what God has done for us in Christ. And we and there are a lot. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I I'll tell you about defend the church at that point. There are a lot. Of, I mean, the body of Christ. Yeah, there's some rascals in there. We've all seen them. But there's some incredibly holy, godly, loving people who get it a lot more, and they far outnumber the little rascals. <laughs> um, yeah, but you got to love yourself. That's right. I see that. That's true. If you're gonna love others, you got to love yourself. And uh, you gotta love. You gotta realize how much God loves you. Verse fourteen. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Yeah. Can such faith save them? Really, a faith that does not. That, look, James. James is like well, this. Is the because James and Paul. The people often put them over against each other, but they're not. They're saying the same thing different ways. James is saying, look. Paul is, will say you're justified by grace, uh, grace through faith, that it is by faith alone that you are saved. James is not saying that you have to work to earn your salvation. But what James is saying is, is, do you really have saving faith if that faith that you have doesn't even change 
the way you live? Is that really saving faith? Because the saving faith, the, come on, the faith that raised Jesus from the dead, the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is sufficient to change your little lifestyle. And so if you are claiming to have saving faith, but it has no impact on the way you're living and caring and taking care of others and observing others and not showing favoritism and being kind and merciful, you, he, James is like, that faith is dead. That is not resurrection faith. Mm. I'm about to preach. I'm about to preach here on a, on a Thursday morning. Faith that can does a faith that does not impact your life does not impact behavior. James is saying that's not that faith is dead. Faith with no works is dead. Resurrection faith it's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you see the world. It's going to change the way you see others. It's going to change the way you extend mercy and grace and kindness, because the faith that saves is resurrection faith. It's not dead faith. Can I get an amen? <laughs> um, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied, accompanied by action, is dead. Yes. You can claim all the... Oh, well, I'm spiritual. I'm really, and that's the thing, bro. Look, let me tell you. There's so many people who claim to be spiritual and they don't have time for the church, but they don't have time for G, but they're spiritual. Those rascals do very little to change the world. Mm. Mm. Just gonna tell you the truth, people. They do very little. They do very little in terms of giving, in terms of volunteering, in terms of sharing, in terms of making the world better. All they do is talk about their spiritual thing. They, they're spiritual. They ain't spiritual. Faith without works is dead faith. I don't know why. I'm, I don't know why I'm like this, y'all. I don't know. I don't know why I'm like this today. But anyway. Just, just trying to keep it real. Um, Where are we? Verse 16. Oh, uh, verse 18. If someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. No, you don't. Here, here he says, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Oh, come on, James. Bring the heat, boy. Mm. James, like, you tell me you got, you, got, you got faith, but you ain't got no deeds. He says, I'm going to show you my faith by the deeds I do, by the good works I do, by the kindness, by the generosity. By the love. And which one of us got real faith? The one that can't even change your little attitude or the one that empowers me to do good works? You believe that there is one God? Good. <laughs> even the demons believe that and shudder. <laughs> James arguing with somebody. Look, he's like, so you say you believe God. How many times you talk to someone like, well, I believe in God. Well, good. Why, why your life don't show it? Don't demonstrate it because there ain't no evidence in your life that you truly are in relationship with the living, loving, holy God. Even the demons believe in God and shudder. You don't get a trophy for that. That's a, ain't, no, ain't no participation certificates getting handed out today. 
Well, I believe in God. Congratulations. So does Satan. <clears throat> Verse 20. You foolish person, do you, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. There it is, man. And his faith has made com was made complete by what he did. His, his faith was shown to be real, to be, to be shown legit because it it, he lived it out. It, it propelled him. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Hmm. That's what we want to be called, right? You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Faith, saving faith, changes the way we live. Verse 25, in the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Hmm. 100%. Faith without deeds is dead. Man, so let's go out today and live saving faith. And that means faith that does good works, that lives it out, that is visible, um, that produces fruits of righteousness, that are seen, that are observable, uh, the fruits of kindness and mercy and goodness and self-control, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, love. Yeah, let's do that. All right, you guys, thanks for hanging in there. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this challenging reminder. Uh, to live faith that is alive. Uh, God, thank you for the mercy and the grace that you've shown us, mercy we did not deserve. And so today as we go out, help us to live with eyes of mercy, hearts of kindness and generosity. Help us to see people, just see people, not to see the external, not to see uh, the labels that are put on them, but just to see people and help us to be those who can minister your good news to the heart's of hungry people. We give you thanks and praise, God. I pray your blessing upon all of my friends. Thank you for the privilege that we've had to be together. May you strengthen and encourage each and every one of them in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for spending time this week. And uh, I'll put the audio podcast out tomorrow for James chapter 3, and then we'll be back together on YouTube and everywhere else on Monday with James chapter 4. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, man, help me get it out there. Uh, get more viewers. People or a lot of our Facebook family that really haven't made the move over to YouTube yet, so you can help by sharing that on your Facebook page. Um, sharing it. Hit that like button before you leave. Just smash the like button. Um, all those things help make it more visible. All right, you guys, we'll see you next time. You guys have a fantastic weekend. If I don't see you again, enjoy your, uh, your time. Uh, thank a veteran on, uh, on Saturday. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. 
You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.